Loki and the variant find themselves trapped in an apocalypse they didn't choose, and hijinks ensue. Today on Let's Talk About Loki, Episode 3. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy, the podcast that likes its own tweets. I'm your host, my name is Steven, but on hot summer nights, when the moon is out and the cicadas have finally settled in for some well-deserved rest, well, I'm, I'd appreciate it if you'd still call me Steven. And speaking of cicadas, I actually have nothing. That, ladies and gentlemen, was a transition that went nowhere. So how about we just all agree to ignore it and move on to our one-sided talk about Loki, Episode 3. The episode is entitled Lamentous. It was directed by Kate Heron, written by Bisha K. Ali, and the Wikipedia description is as follows. Loki follows the variant, whose name is Sylvie, to the TVA, where they are confronted by Renslayer before escaping using a Tempad to 2077 Lamentous One, a moon that is soon to be crushed by a planet. Both are unable to escape due to the Tempad having run out of power. The two sneak aboard a train bound for the Ark, a spaceship intended to evacuate Lamentous One, in order to siphon its power and recharge the Tempad. On the train, Loki gets drunk, which causes he and Sylvie to be discovered and forced out by the guards. Loki accidentally breaks the Tempad, which forces him and Sylvie to approach the Ark on foot. During their journey, Sylvie reveals to Loki that the TVA is comprised entirely of variants, rather than being created by the Timekeepers, as Mobius claimed. Loki and Sylvie arrive at the Ark's location and fight their way through the guards, only to witness it being destroyed by a meteor, leaving them stranded. And that's how the episode ends, on one giant frickin' cliffhanger. So yeah, one kind of big moment that they left out in this description was the opening of the episode has Hunter C-20, which is the hunter that, I guess we're calling her Sylvie now, the hunter that Sylvie kidnapped back in episode two during uh, 1985 at the Renaissance Fair. It's got her and Sylvie in just regular everyday clothes sitting in some kind of outdoor club sipping freaking Mai Tais or something, and they are talking as if they have been the best of friends for their entire lives. You quickly find out, however, that this is all happening inside of Hunter C-20's mind. Sylvie has a way to enchant people and get them to do what she wants and possess them. We've seen that already. And she can also get into their brain, and she she basically says at one point that she can pull up a memory and create an entire world within their brain out of this memory. And she uses that to get the information she needs to infiltrate the TVA. This all happened. This whole opening sequence happens just moments before Loki and Mobius and the other hunters have arrived in, where was it? Alabama in 2050 during the big hurricane in the previous episode. Uh, so we see her you know, in Hunter C-20's head, getting the information she needs. And then once she has it, we see her standing over 
the sleeping prone form of Hunter C-20. And that's when she looks at a bank of security monitors and sees Loki and Mobius and the other hunters arriving outside this big shopping center. So then we switch to when uh, she infiltrates the TVA, when at the end of the last episode, when she jumped through that time door, that portal, and Loki followed her, that's where she was going. So she immediately learns that she does not have any of her magical powers while she's there in the TVA. She tries to enchant somebody. It doesn't work. So we are left to assume that she's never been there before. But she is quite the butt kicker and she just starts beating people up and making her way through the TVA until she gets to an elevator. We don't know what the elevator is for. We do know that the end of episode two, Hunter C-20 told them that she gave Sylvie the information on where to find the timekeepers. So that's what we're assuming this elevator leads to. Loki shows up. They fight. He's still trying to get her on his side. He's still trying to understand her plan. Renslayer shows up with a couple of hunters. Uh, it starts to get pretty hot for Loki and Sylvie. And he is able to grab her temp pad. That's that little device that sh- that they use to open time portals. And he opens up just a random time portal and they escape. Well, they end up on this moon called Lamentus 1 in the year 2077. She had a lot of apocalypse space-time locations saved on this tempad. And according to her, he chose the worst one. Because as you can see when they're there, the planet that this moon orbits is crashing or is about to crash into the moon. That's why this is an apocalypse. And she takes the tempad from him so that they can leave, but it's now out of power. And that's when they come up with their plan to go find the Ark. Because apparently... It takes more than just a couple of AA batteries to recharge a tempad. They need something with a lot of power. And that's what the arc is, is there for. That's what they're going to, to, to the arc, which is a big spaceship that they're using to get everybody off of the moon. Um, Sylvie reveals, of course, that nobody actually gets off the moon, that the arc is destroyed before it can take off. They take a train to the arc and. Yeah, as the description, the episode description says, he gets drunk at one point, which gets them noticed because they kind of sneak aboard the train. She she was going to just enchant a guard to get him to walk them onto the train because there's a giant line. Everybody needs tickets. They're, of course, only letting the wealthy people aboard. Loki has a different idea in mind. He uses his powers to disguise himself as a guard and he tries to take her on board as if those were orders that he were he was given when he after he crosses a couple of barriers when he's stopped ultimately before getting onto the train she then enchants one of the guards and they are able to get on the train but because he gets drunk he is noticed uh, a bunch of guards come into the car there's a big fight and he's literally thrown out of a window sylvie has to follow him because he's got the tempad and he won't give it to her and uh, she knows she's not going to be able to take it off of him. So she jumps off the train. We find that as he landed, the temp pad was broken. So the only way they can save themselves at this point, the only way they can get off of this planet is to get to the Ark and ensure that it takes off. You know, she tells him, 
the ark never leaves the moon. It's destroyed before they can take off. And he's like, yes, but they, but the ark never had us on board. So we're going to get over there and we're going to make it happen. And then, of course, they arrive at the ark. There's a bunch of guards fighting them as they're trying to make their way to the ark. And then the ark is ultimately destroyed before they can get on board. And that's when the episode ends with them trapped on this moon that is about to be destroyed in an apocalyptic event. Of course, we learn that the TVA agents were not created by the timekeepers, as Mobius told Loki, that they are variants that apparently have their minds wiped and are set to work under this idea that they were created for this job to protect the sacred timeline, which just leads me more toward my theory, of course, that the TVA, obviously, I mean, we all know it at this point, they are not who they claim to be. I don't think the timekeepers exist, or if they did, they no longer exist. I still think that Kang is a part of this. I don't think we'll see him at all in this show, but I think he's a part of it. I think we're going to find out that Renslayer, as far as the show is concerned, as far as the big bad that we see, she's going to be the big bad behind it all. But eventually we'll find out at some point, maybe in a movie, uh, that she's working for Kang. And really, Loki, again, seems to be a bit more bumbling than usual in this episode. I mean, he gets drunk, which gets them thrown off the train. He breaks the tempad. I'm just not buying it. I'm not buying that he's just that bumbling. And frankly, I have this theory. I'm not 100% behind it. I may be 50%, maybe 30%. But I have this theory. I got this idea at one point during the episode that most of the episode, or at least some of the episode, is happening in Sylvie's head. That Loki managed to enchant her just like she did Hunter C-20. And what we're seeing in this episode is all going on inside her head. Now, I'm not sure, like I said, I'm not 100% behind this theory. Um, I don't know when he would have enchanted her, but there is a moment after they get on the train, you know, they're bonding. They're having these bonding moments throughout the episode. But there's a moment when they get on the train and she asks him about his mom and he asks her about her mom and they he talks a bit about his mom and about his his backstory and all that. She doesn't really say a lot about hers, but they kind of bond a bit. And at one point she apparently falls asleep because when she she suddenly she wakes up and that's when Loki has uh, become drunk and he is singing and dancing and and uh, he seems to be singing uh, an Asgardian song, maybe or some kind of, um, you know, Viking tune, and maybe he's doing it to see if she recognizes it, to see if she is actually who she, who she says she is, if she really is an Asgardian, if she really is a version of him. And there's actually a nice moment when they're bonding, when they're, they're, they're talking about love, and he asks her if she has somebody waiting for her back home, and she, I don't know if it was a joke, but she talks about the postman, um, and then she asks him, you know, does, does he have a, a lady or possibly, you know, she said, well, basically she says, you're a prince. So do you have a potential princess or maybe a potential prince waiting for you? And he goes, well, a little of both, which we, we learn that not only is his gender fluid, but his sexual preference is fluid as well. But anyway, back to him getting all drunk and her waking up and she sees that he's drunk and then they get thrown off. Maybe from that moment on, they are actually in her head. I know that there's a moment in this in the episode 
where they are talking about their various powers. And he's at, he specifically asks her how the whole enchantment thing works. And I honestly don't remember if it happened before or after they got on the train. I feel like it happened after, you know, after they're thrown off the train and they're walking toward the town, wherever the arc is. I feel like that's when the conversation happened. And it would work out better for my theory if it happened before she wakes up on the train, because that's the moment where I feel like if she is being enchanted and everything is happening in her head, that's the moment I feel like it started. But that it doesn't mean anything that the converse if the conversation did happen after. Maybe he's just using that to lull her into a false sense of security. Maybe he felt that she was starting to suspect. We didn't see it, but maybe he felt that. And so he brought that up. I don't know. But that's one of my theories. Again, I'm not 100% behind it. Just like I'm not 100% behind Kang being the ultimate big bad. Or at least I don't think we're going to see Kang in this episode or in this show. However... I do find it odd that during the credits at the end of each episode, before they just go to the black screen with the white credits rolling past the screen, when they're they're doing the filmed credits with all the stuff going on, they end them practically with this close-up of one of the timekeepers who looks a bit like the 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 guy that's going to be playing Kang. Now, I don't know if that means anything. Of course, uh, I, it, it could just very well mean that they're saying, Look, here it is. Here's the big bad. But I always, I also subscribe to the idea that, and it, and it came to, to be true in WandaVision that any good mystery, any mystery novel worth its salt introduces you to the murderer in chapter one. So I think the same thing applies here. If we're going to, if there's, if, if we don't know who the big bad is by the end of episode one, that means they're kind of keeping it a mystery. I think they're throwing Sylvie in as a red herring. I think there is another big bad. And I think that if that's the case, we would have met this big bad in episode one. And I think that that would be Renslayer at this point. But as far as the whole Loki being this bumbling, you know, guy that, that, that just can't seem to get it right. I just, I don't buy it. And that's one that I'm, I'm kind of sticking to until they prove it. Otherwise, I am going to stick to the idea that Loki knows exactly what he's doing. And he's not just clumsily going along blindly and just messing stuff up all the time. I think he knows exactly what's going on. Now, as far as Sylvie, there's some theories running around about, is she really the a Loki variant or is she someone else? Well, there's a character from the comics from J. Michael Straczynski's Thor run, which I never finished. So I didn't come up with this on my own. Uh, I heard uh, the, the guy over it. I think it's the heavy spoilers YouTube show. He talked about this character, but I did look her up and get some information on her. But her name is Sylvie Lushton. And again, she comes from J. Michael Straczynski's Thor run when the Asgardians are being kind of reincarnated into uh in, into people living in the town of Broxton in Oklahoma and Loki at, when he's reborn he ends up being reborn in Sif's body and that's where we get Lady Loki who is around for quite a while but here's what marvel.fandom.com has to say about Sylvie Lushton Sylvie Lushton was just an average girl living in Broxton until the Asgardians moved their home of Asgard to Oklahoma not long after that 
Sylvie woke up one day with magical powers. Unbeknownst to Sylvie, these powers were given to her by Loki for yet unknown purposes. With her new powers, Sylvie moved to New York City to become a superhero and join the Avengers. She chose to take on the name and style of Amora the Enchantress, and she was speaking in a foe as Guardian Manor. However, later, when Loki personally explains Sylvie's existence, he states that, well, they put he, uh, but this is Lady Loki, unless maybe at this point in the comics, he, because I know at some point he reverts back to he. Um, so I'm just going to say he, he states that he liked the idea of creating a mortal that suspects she's one of the Asgardians. So it is assumed that she was in fact never alive until she was created by Loki and her entire existence and memories being part of this. So that's who Sylvia or Sylvie Lushton is in a nutshell, I guess. So the Sylvie on the show could be her or she could actually be a Loki variant and they're just calling her Sylvie to, you know, give the old nod to the comic run, or maybe she's a bit of both. So this Sylvie Lushton started using the name The Enchantress. Now, this is not the original Enchantress that was in the Marvel Superhero Secret Wars uh, event back in 84, 85 that I recently talked about in season one of Event or Else, which you can find at youtube.eventorelse.com. Go out and look for it. The full season's up. 12 episodes. Go find them, folks. This is, she would be the new Enchantress. So maybe this Sylvie in the show is a bit of both. Maybe she is a Loki variant who then becomes the Enchantress of the MCU. So she is a Loki variant, but she goes by the name of the Enchantress. Maybe that's what will happen by the end of the show. I don't know. But that's all my theories at this point. I really did enjoy the episode. Um, it did seem like a bit of a filler, but it was, it was a lot of fun. It was very action packed. I actually laughed out loud at one point when the two of them were, they're on Lamentus one. They're running from the falling meteors that are coming off of the planet that's preparing to crash into the moon. And at one point, Sylvie falls, Loki picks her up and he continues to run ahead of her. And she yells at him that she doesn't need his help. And he yells back that she's really weird. And I just found that line quite funny. But then, of course, we get this cliffhanger ending and I'm all frustrated because I'm just waiting for them to reveal, you know, the 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 freaking ship explodes. And I'm waiting for them to reveal that, oh, this is all happening in Sylvie's head. Loki has enchanted her. And uh, that's what I was waiting for. And it never happened. And it got me very frustrated again i'm not 100 backing this theory of mine that she's under an enchantment but i just i just don't want to believe that loki isn't in control on his own show i don't want to believe that loki is just falling into these predicaments and he is causing uh these accidents and all that crap i want I, I i have to feel that on his own show because loki He's the god of mischief. He knows what he's doing. He's a smart freaking dude. And I just, it, th this whole bumbling thing just doesn't seem to match up to me. I think it's all an act and I have to believe that. Anyway, those are my thoughts and theories. I would love to hear yours. You can reach out to me by email at feedback at justanotherfanboy.com or hit me up on Twitter or Instagram by searching for at Stephen or else. Or... If you're feeling exceptionally adventurous, 
You can join the Or Else Facebook group and be a part of the discussion there. Until then, folks, I'm Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other. Bye-bye, Daddy. Bye-bye, Daddy. Good job.